Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Rip City Drive, your afternoon commute distraction. You've spent all day slaving away. How much time would you say you spend each week dealing with these TPS reports? And now, your freedom is at hand. Let's get you geared up for the night. Racing to the LeafGuard Gutter Studios. Here is your host, Travis Demers. The Rib City Drive. Sports and life in the fast lane. Good afternoon. A happy Friday to you. The 27th day of January 2017. It is a game day for the Trailblazers. And I'm itching to get this one started because we saw a, a good win on Saturday night. A really, really good win in Boston. And then Wednesday, got out to a nice start on a big night at the Moda Center honoring the 40th anniversary of the 77 Trailblazers. And then all of a sudden, your 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, poof, it's gone. And the Blazers are now losing to the Lakers, but they found a way to get the victory. Well, now what? Okay, two wins in a row. You know, to quote Lou Brown in Major League Two, one more, that's what I call a winning streak. They've only been able to do that twice this year. They've only been able to manage two three-game win streaks. And they followed both of those three-game win streaks up with some pretty bad basketball. The last time that they won three in a row, they lost 10 of their next 11 games. And we thought, all right, corner's turned, let's go. Well, the corner wasn't turned. He peeked at the corner, turned around, and went backwards a few blocks before you tried to figure it out again. Well, the corner still hasn't been turned yet. You're still waiting to turn that corner. Thought it was Cleveland? No. Was it Boston? We'll find out in a few weeks. But you had to beat the Lakers. I said on Wednesday afternoon, if you don't beat the Lakers tonight, you have no right to talk about the playoffs. You have no business talking about the playoffs. And I don't want to hear about the playoffs. But they won. They figured it out. I don't care if it was a one-point win or if it was a 50-point win. It was a win. At the end of the season, the only thing that matters is the wins and losses. Well, tonight you're playing a good team. Tonight you're playing the Memphis Grizzlies who have Mark Gasol, who is an all-star, who just dropped 42 points the other night and hit five threes in that game. And, oh, yeah, he's always been pretty good against you. And Mike Conley, who probably should have been an all-star or was at least in the conversation just as much as Damian Lillard was and as much as C.J. McCollum was, he didn't get in. One of the guys, along with the two Blazers and Rudy Gobert and a couple of others who were snubbed for the all-star game, which we found out yesterday. So he's going to be fired up. He's going to be just as fired up as Damian Lillard is tonight. You got to find a way to beat that. Got to find a way to win. Are the Grizzlies a better team than the Blazers? In the standings, they are. In the standings, they're considerably better than the Blazers. But they're not a better team, in my opinion. A better team than the Blazers. They might have a more dominant player and a more difficult player across the league because of his position to defend in Mark Gasol. Blazers are a good team. They have more depth. They have more all-around talent outside of Conley and Gasol and Zach Randolph. Who do the Grizzlies have that worries you? And nobody. And again, I've brought this up before with other teams. Can you afford to let one guy do his thing and hope that the rest of the team doesn't do anything? And in a lot of ways, no. But can Mason Plumley defend Mark Gasol one-on-one? No, absolutely not. He can't. 
A lot of players in the league can't. There are very few that can. That's why Marcus Gasol is an all-star. And now he's added the outside shot to his game. Yeah, good luck trying to stop that. Just got to make sure that Conley doesn't do anything. Got to make sure that Zach Randolph doesn't do much and that whoever's left on that team doesn't do a whole lot. You know, at times we think things are bad here with the Trailblazers, and at times things have been bad with the Trailblazers. I mentioned losing 10 out of 11. Well, losing 10 out of 11 isn't good, but you still have a team that's pretty together. You still have a team that is on the same page, and there isn't a lot of infighting. It could be a lot worse right now. It could be worse. You could be the Chicago Bulls. And I saw an article earlier today that said the Chicago Bulls are the most dysfunctional franchise in all of sports. Well, when Rajon Rondo was signed to the Chicago Bulls, did we expect anything less? When he was in Dallas, he was an idiot. And his coach hated him, and he hated his coach. He got suspended for it. When he was in Sacramento, no one wanted anything to do with him. And, yeah, I can think about it now. You had Rondo and Cousins on the same on the same team. You had Rondo and Cousins. That actually happened at one point. How did they not kill each other? I don't know. Or somebody else. Fortunately, there were no tragedies other than the tragedy that was the Sacramento Kings when those two were on the same team. It was ugly. Now, when he was in Boston, he was a young player, and he had Kevin Garnett, and he had Paul Pierce around him, and he had Ray Allen around him, and... You know, what did he say the other day? He said, yeah, you know what? We, my guys wouldn't do that. He said, my vets would never go to the media. They would never come to, they would come to the team. My vets didn't pick and choose when they wanted to bring it. They brought it every time they stepped into the gym, whether it was practice or a game. They didn't take days off. My didn't, my vets didn't care about their numbers. My vets played for the team. When we lost, they wouldn't blame us. They took responsibility and got in the gym. They showed the young guys what it meant to work. Even in Boston, when we had the best record in the league, if we lost a game, you could hear a pin drop on the bus. That is part of what Rajon Rondo said. Blazers don't have to deal with any of that. And you could look at the Bulls and say, yeah, maybe they've got more talent than the Blazers do. Rajon Rondo is a good point guard. I don't, did he ever really have a prime? His prime came in the first few years of his career. Dwayne Wade, one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA. You've got Jimmy Butler, who is one of the current best players in the league. And guys like Marotic, who are really good. And Doug McDermott, when he's healthy. And Michael Carter-Williams, that's a pretty good team. But right now, they're as much, if not more, of a disappointment than the Blazers are because they can't get it together. And then you've got guys like Rajon Rondo. I think we have audio of Rajon Rondo addressing his team. You, 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 you're cool. And you, I'm out. Is that what you want in the Blazers locker room? No, not at all. And I want to know who he thought was cool. That's the question. Uh, Well, certainly not Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. I don't know. Who, Who did he think was cool? I don't know. Maybe the equipment guy? Maybe. Maybe the guy who tapes him up. Maybe. Whatever it is, you look at the issues that you have with the Blazers, you could be a lot worse right now. You could be a lot worse right now. You could be dealing with that. You could be dealing with Rajon Rondo and a team that really doesn't have any leadership when you've got someone who is arguably one of the best leaders in the last 20 or 30 years in the NBA and Dwayne Wade. But no, you've you've got guys in this team who are leaders, and you've got to a man, one through 14, take Festus Azili off because, well, he hasn't really been around. One through 14, right now one through 13 with Jake Lehman in the D-League, you've got guys who want to be there, who are on the same page, and who are all trying to play for the same goal. doesn't always work out. You know, you don't ha- always have a winning result, and clearly with this team, 27 out of the 47 games they've played, they didn't have that winning result, but they're all trying to work for the same goal together as a team. So as bad as things are, it could always be worse.
Travis, not only is it going to be worse or could be worse, you get a guy like Rajon Rondo in here, he's going to demand playing time, he's going to demand his shots, he's going to demand minutes, he's going to demand the ball. So who do you sacrifice in order to make that happen? Well, they wouldn't obviously trade for Rajon Rondo, but someone like him? Sure. Yeah, yeah. a guy like that brings your entire team down. Maybe that was a bad move from the Bulls. I'm sure there were a lot of bad moves for the Bulls. But the point is, with this team, you've, you've got guys who care, yes. who bring it every single night. You've got guys like Mason Plumley. Fans have fallen in love with Mason Plumley. Yeah. Last year in the postseason, it was, all right, yeah, Mason's working pretty hard. All right, go, Mason. Now it's, we can't trade Ma- Mason Plumley. We love Mason Plumley. Well, Mason Plumley's probably not going to be here next year because he's going to need a whole lot more money than this Blazers team is going to be able to pay him if they don't want to shoot up way into the luxury tax. And I promise you, Paul Allen does not want to pay dollar for dollar that much into the luxury tax. No, it's true. And yesterday I was, uh, I got to go down and cover practice, uh, filling in for Jay for a little bit. But it's funny because, you know, we, you and I have both been to Blazer practice, and we know generally they kind of goof around and just kind of do their own thing after the official workout's done. But watching Evan Turner sit there, and, I mean, this dude was getting shot after shot after shot just up and in. I was talking with Oliver Maroney, our good friend. He was down there, and I was talking with some other guys, and they were just like, man, this is what he's been doing lately after every practice where That's he's great. just working on his interior jump shot, getting shots up, trying to get there because, yeah, he has The lost pl- art of the mid-range jumper. I know, right? You know, he hasn't played all that great lately. We have seen flashes of why he's here and why the Blazers went after him. But, yeah, so these guys are putting the work in. They're not slacking off. They're not doing, you know, stuff they shouldn't. It's We're, we're really fortunate, actually, that we have this good group of guys because, as you're right, it could be a lot worse. It could be. And but we've it's seen not. it. It's not. And yes, we have seen it with this team before. Go back about eight or ten years, and we saw that oh, yeah. very, very much with this team. Derek Anderson and his McFlurries. Or what about, you remember that? Oh, he, yes. he had a, quote, toothache, and you, you see him at the, the drive-thru at McDonald's getting a McFlurry. What happened to your toothache there, guy? Or, Ugh. obviously, the Raven Felton situation. Things could be a lot worse in Portland. They've been a lot worse in Portland. But there's still plenty of time to figure it out. 35 games left in the season. Seven games under 500. Can you play seven games over 500 the rest of the way? I, I certainly hope so. Can you play 10 games over 500 the rest of the way? You might have to. The only way you're going to get to 44 wins, we'll, we'll see how that works out. But it's got to start now. It's got to start when it probably should have started, if you're going to look at it that way, Saturday night against the Boston Celtics and continued against the Lakers. And now you're at home. You've got four more games at home. I'm not saying they should win tonight because they could lose tonight. I'm not looking at this game the same way that I looked at the Lakers game, that if you don't beat that team, don't talk to me about playoffs. But you've got to win this game. You Not necessarily, it's not a should situation. It's a need to situation. Sunday, Warriors, tough game. If they lose, yeah, chalk it up to that. But the Hornets on Tuesday, again, a good team. But you you just got crushed by them. Now you're back home and you're barn. You better take care of business. A couple of days off, a, a bad Dallas team next Friday. You've got to win at least two of the next four and preferably three of the next four. So you've got to stretch together of four out of five wins. And then you go on the road and play the Thunder, who are without Enos Cantor, because he just punched a chair and broke his forearm. I mean, how much force do you have to have to punch a chair and break your forearm? Not break your hand or break your wrist. You fracture your forearm. Good job there, big fella. So you should win that game. You better win that game. You better win at Dallas. And then a couple more games before the All-Star break, the Celtics at home, the Hawks at home, and the Jazz on the road you got to be looking at at least six of the next nine wins and then going back to Wednesday, seven out of ten. 
You go to the All-Star break, you're three games under 500, and boom, I can handle that going into the All-Star break on February 16th. When you go back and watch the video of him breaking his arm in his canter when he slaps the chair, you can tell he hits it really hard, sits down, and then all of a sudden he just kind of, you know, you have that moment of adrenaline where your body is, you know, you're frustrated or you're really excited about something, and then all of a sudden that level drops a little bit. And uh-oh, here comes the pain. You and just that thing swole. And, and, and you just look at him, and he's just kind of looking at his arm like rubbing like, what happened? Yeah. You ever you ever punch anything to the point where you, you broke yes. you broke something? I haven't broke something, but I've punched something pretty hard where, you know, sprained, popped a knuckle or two. So yeah. Boxers break, Bobby. That's why my my pinky oh. finger on my right hand doesn't uh doesn't really work quite right. Yeah, bad move in college, hit a cinder block wall. It was it was bad. Yeah, oh. that's that's not something I'm proud of. That was it happens. What, uh, what, 16, 17 years ago, something like that? How old do you feel, Travis? Really, really old, by the way. Yeah, it was like 16 years ago, something like that. Learning lesson. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that wasn't good. It, 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 it takes some force, and that, that thing swells up quickly. So he's not going to be playing for a while. They're going to reevaluate him in a month. But the point is, the Blazers are there next yep. Sunday, and that's one less big guy that you got to worry about. Okay, I'll take that. we got a lot to get to today. Kevin Calabro is going to join us today at 4 o'clock. I promise you he will be on the show today at 4 I want to get his thoughts on working with Dr. Jack Ramsey on national broadcasts of the All-Star Game and of the NBA Finals. We will talk to Brian Wheeler coming up here in just a few minutes, get you set for tonight's game as well. You've got the Rip City Drive on Rip City Radio. This is your home of the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, you had to be here to believe that! Rip City Radio. The Rip City Drive on your afternoon commute only on Rip City Radio. 99-96, under two minutes for the game. Here's Plumley beating fans down the floor to dunk it off a feed from Lillard. Timeout Lakers, and Luke Walton points to both sides of his forehead saying, think, we're not thinking. Oh, he wasn't thinking. The Lakers weren't thinking, but the Blazers were, and so was Wheels as the Blazers beat the Lakers on Wednesday night. Wheels joins us now. How are you, sir? Well, very good, uh, Trav. Appreciate uh, the time as always. Nice uh, sunny day in uh, Portland, so hopefully our crazy winter weather is behind us and uh, we can uh, start looking towards spring and maybe some Blazer victories along the way too. Well, today is beautiful. I'll, I'll, I'll try not to let this ruin things, but Bobby says you might get some more bad weather next week, so we'll see. Just cross your fingers. But uh, take me back to Wednesday night and your experience just seeing all the guys out there from the 77 team and seeing, you know, Sean's and, and Bill Walton at center court afterwards and all the festivities. You know, tell me about your experience. Yeah, I think it was really nice. Uh, you know, the, the Blazers did a very, very good job of bringing in, uh, you know, some a representative really from, from every player, whether it was the player himself or if uh, that player, maybe even a front office executive, wasn't uh, wasn't alive anymore, that uh, somebody from that family was uh, was represented. So I thought it was nice that they were all able to come back together and, it uh, wasn't even just uh, the game itself. They had some nice festivities planned for a couple of days so that they could all uh, enjoy uh, the time in Portland and kind of reminisce and uh, basically be able to uh, reflect back on, on a very positive time, I'm sure, in all their lives. And so, uh, and, and clearly it seemed like uh, Mr. Walton had maybe the most fun of everybody, that's for <laughs> sure. And so, uh, so he, he, uh, he was uh, definitely, uh, I got home and watched a replay of the game on ESPN and saw the uh, fun that he had getting on, uh, getting on ESPN to talk about uh, the experience of winning a championship in 77 and obviously spent a lot of time after the game talking about it too. So it was, uh, it was a good time had by all. And I think uh, the fact that Blazers, uh, the current ones anyway, were able to 
uh, win a game against uh, the always-hated Lakers. I think that kind of put, put a cap around everything. So it was a, a nice event all the way around, I thought. Before we get to that game, I want to get your thoughts on Damian and CJ not being all-stars. Uh, everybody has an opinion on that. You can certainly make, an, make a case for all the guys that were on the all-star team. Do you think they got it right? Well, I will say that I, I think I had less of a problem with it than I did last season uh, from that standpoint. I, you know, I think you could always create an argument that, uh, that Damien deserved it. And maybe it's gotten to the point, too. And, and this is always puzzling to me. I mean, in a, in a league that wants to be more transparent uh, with a lot of the decisions that they've made and a lot of the things that they've made public, um, for whatever reason, we still are not able to see the voting of the uh, coaches uh, in each conference as to who they put on the all-star team as their, as their reserves that they selected. I mean, at the end of the season, you know, any media person's vote is made uh, available publicly when we get to the uh, all-NBA teams. And so if somebody's vote appears curious, uh, that person is, uh, is made to uh, at least have their name out in the public and in some cases have to uh, do an interview to defend why they chose who they did. Uh, you know, we've got those NBA referee reports uh, uh, that come uh, under two minutes in games that, uh, you know, are close enough that calls are, are being, uh, you know, uh, dissected and whether or not they're correct or not. So I'm a little curious that we don't uh, get a chance to see, you know, who exactly the coaches voted for. I'm sure the coaches probably are happy that it ends up being a secretive process so that they uh, don't have to worry about any retribution from the guys that maybe they leave off the teams. But, you know, it'd be nice to see how close, you know, Damian came to getting on the team. Uh, also, uh, you know, who were the who were the guys that uh, maybe did leave him off? Um, you know, from a Blazer standpoint, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing because clearly we've seen that uh, he sometimes uh, has his best basketball when he has a chip on his shoulder and maybe something to prove to somebody. So, um, But I, I'd be curious this year, especially since C.J. has had a good uh, start to the season, I wonder if maybe uh, that they took some votes away from each other. I think that's very possible too. But again, without seeing the breakdown, it's kind of hard to – Hard to know how it all how it all went down, and if he was closer to getting on the team in Damian's case this year than he was last year. But uh, but I thought that uh, under the circumstances of what the Blazers' record was, um, and uh, also some other guards having you know pretty good first halves, uh, I, I really thought that there was a distinct possibility that he could miss it this time around. Last year, I really thought he was going to make it. So I guess I was a little more prepared for the result uh, the way it happened this time around, and maybe that's why I probably have less uh, less objection to the way sure. the, the way the, that it played out. You know, in Major League Baseball, the reserves are selected by the managers, and then they have the the fan vote for the the last guy in. Not the fan vote part of it, do you, but what do you think about changing it or the idea of maybe just having whoever the head coach is in? Or is that not necessarily fair? Because if it's Steve Kerr this year, he could fill it all up with the Warriors. Well, the other thing that I think isn't fair is that you know we look at uh, every NBA game that's going to be played tonight. How many active players are are on the rosters of the teams that play? Thirteen. Uh, for some reason, in the All Star Game, it's twelve, uh, and yeah. that's the old NBA rule. So I, I'm, I'm that that puzzles me always as well too. Why why don't we have the same number of active players as we do for every other NBA game that's going to be played during the season, and that includes preseason, regular season, or playoffs? So uh, that one extra spot, uh, obviously, you know, you still might have objections, and there might be some guys that still have a case that uh, maybe they don't get they don't get on the squad even with thirteen players. But at least it would be one more spot that you could fill. And um, I think every year you wouldn't be saying, gosh, we're having a hard time finding a 13th player deserving of being on the team. I think, I would think that every year you'd, you would have any problem doing that. So sure. I think that alone would, would, you know, would give up an, you know, would give another spot available and probably would at least allow one less person to have an objection of being left off the team. Brian Wheeler with us on the Rip City Drive. So Wheels now looking ahead to tonight. We've seen three games with this starting lineup. Have your feelings changed at all? 
Uh, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, I think I, I liked it really uh, once I had got to see it for about one half of the first game, really. So uh, there's nothing that's changed to tell me anything differently. Now, again, we still haven't seen Maurice Harkless to see, uh, you know, him at full strength and, and what he can provide, you know, in terms of uh, some help off the bench. But I really think that Noah Bonley has taken to uh, being in the starting lineup. I feel more comfortable with him as a starter than I did last season. I think he's more ready for the assignment than he was. I think it's brought out to some very good things in, in Evan Turner, too. And I think, you know, when we go back to the real reason why uh, Evan was uh, signed in the offseason was uh, to, you know, be out there with Damian and CJ and to give them an opportunity to play off the ball. And so uh, being out there in the starting lineup with them, I think that that provides that opportunity. And certainly he's been out there at the end of games, too, when both of them have been on the floor, too. So uh, and I think, you know, still we still see some very good things in terms of rebounding and defense from Alperuk Aminu. And hopefully when uh, when Harkless is healthy, which hopefully will be as soon as tonight, uh, then we can, uh, you know, find out. So, you know, it ends up being a move that isn't just for the starting lineup, but obviously it's uh, supposed to help uh, the bench group as well. So I think we probably have seen the positive effects of what it does for the starters. I don't think we've seen the full effects of what it can do for the reserves as of yet. When Harkless gets healthy, hopefully we do see that. Hey, I wanted to ask you about Harkless. So, so nothing new on him still up in the air for tonight? Yeah, as far as I know. I mean, again, uh, we'll find out more when we get over to the uh, to the arena. It sounds like a Davis probably is uh, is doubtful to you know to play again. But uh, you know, I think the the injury for Harkless it's the same one that bothered him a, a little earlier. And those those calf and uh, ankle injuries, uh, you know, especially the soft tissue ones like the calf, uh, can be pretty troublesome. And I think he thought he had been you know kind of gotten over it, and obviously he had a relapse a little bit. So maybe this time they're deciding to uh, you know keep him out to try to get him you know well once and for all, so it isn't something that lingers the rest of the way. Because for a guy that depends on speed and quickness and athleticism uh, you know having any uh, you know hindrances in that respect that obviously takes away from a lot of what uh, you know what his game is is uh, special you know special in most cases you know wheels i i love what mason Plumley has turned into but there's still one part of his game that that i'm critical on and we played the dunk highlight coming back from break before you came on and there are still times where he just he doesn't go up strong and he doesn't finish and there was a sequence towards the end of the game where he got blocked on on back-to-back uh, attempts in the same possession and it led to a turnover I- am I being unfair being critical of Mason Plumley in that regard well you know I guess I guess if we thought that he wasn't ever capable of uh, you know of rising and, and and elevating and doing good things around the rim I mean shoot this is a guy that uh, has some awfully pretty reverse dunks I mean let alone the uh, Duncan facing the basket and and he's somebody that clearly uh, can elevate and, and can do good things I, I've always said if I was a big guy and, and I was able to dunk I'd want to dunk all the time yeah so, uh, so I don't know what it is about, you know, him uh, sometimes trying to finesse around the rim. Maybe that's, uh, you know, just something that uh, I, I would think for him, the more he sees value in being able to take it strong to the basket uh, and, and seeing some positive things happen, you'd think he'd want to do that uh, some more. So I think, you know, we're definitely seeing progress. I mean, he's I think he's become much more of a, of a scorer than I thought, uh, you know, he might based on, you know, his early time with the Blazers. So. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I think that's still an evolving process. And um, and the guy, you know, I think he's, he's going to have a triple-double one of these nights because he continues to flirt with it. So, uh, you know, tonight, in fact, we have uh, the two centers that uh, lead the NBA in terms of most assists per game. So, uh, and they're also among the league leaders in uh, fast break points for centers as well. So they both have some similar traits. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the more that Mason can continue to develop in that respect. And, yeah, if he can finish around the rim a little bit better and, and find a way to dunk. And, uh, and hopefully it isn't a case. Sometimes guys uh, that aren't great foul shooters, sometimes they're afraid of getting hit around the rim because they know they're going to have to go to the free throw line. Uh, I would hope that, uh, you know, Mason made some such great progress at the foul line last season. I think he's regressed a little bit this season. It was really funny the other night to – to watch as I'm packing up to leave the arena, and I'm, I'm usually one of the last, you know, guys out. Um, I'm sitting there with Chris Covisto of uh, Trailblazers.com, and uh, all of a sudden uh, Mason comes back out on the court, and uh, I think, oh, he's going to take some free throws and practice that. Well, he, he took one free throw and made it, and then he walked off the court. So obviously he <laughs> wanted his his memory of the evening to be a positive free throw made. So maybe that'll uh, you know mentally change things uh, for tonight and going forward because. Uh, last season, I really thought he became almost a very dependable foul shooter. But this year, it seems like, uh, especially, you know, a couple of air balls lately, that's not something we usually see from him, even when he was missing free throws. So I think it's become a little bit of a mental thing again, and hopefully he can work himself through that. But as I say, sometimes guys uh, don't always want to finish strong around the rim for fear they'll get fouled and have to go to the free throw line. I hope it hasn't become something like that with him because uh, he, he's proven he can be a good finisher, and I think hopefully uh, it's something he can do even more consistently going forward. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, and I think Chris actually tweeted about that af- after the game, and it's it it's yeah, good to right hear that. Yeah, we both saw it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I like what that means for the work ethic, and I like what that means for how much he cares. And no one will ever blame Mason Plumley for being a guy who doesn't care. But what I see from other teams, and I was talking about it earlier with the Chicago Bulls, and I just saw a note that uh, Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler are not going to start in their game tonight, and it's just that things are going bad. And, and when you think of of all the the adversity the Blazers have had to deal with on the floor this year, they're, they're still every single night giving the effort and off the floor giving their effort. Is that rare, or have we gotten spoiled with that with this team in the last year and a half? I asked uh, Coach Stotts that question during the last road trip, and uh, he said that, uh, yes, it is very rare to have a team that uh, continues to pull for one another. I talked to him after, uh, you know, the uh, – uh, the meeting that uh, got public about some of the things that were said and the fact that each guy, you know, got up to say something, but instead of pointing the finger at some other guy in the room, uh, that basically, you know, they were taking ownership of whatever they weren't doing as well as they could. And uh, I said, is that something that's odd for, you know, for a team? And he said, absolutely. He said, it's uh, not something that, uh, that every team, uh, you know, has, uh, you know, to look forward to. So, you know, if, if somebody, if the biggest criticism of, this Blazer team can be that uh, they're too nice and they like each other too much and so forth. And maybe somebody needs to get, uh, you know, hard and in, in, in a meeting and, uh, you know, take on somebody else or whatever. Uh, you know, that's a criticism I think they'll take, uh, that uh, they still feel that, you know, that they are pulling from one another, that they are taking ownership of, uh, of what's going on, good or bad. And, and I don't think that uh, there's any finger pointing going on. So I think maybe that's easier done with a younger team. I, I don't know what, you know, maybe, maybe we find some, you know, some uh, reason for it to, in that respect, because, you know, look at the guys that are creating some havoc with the Bulls. Those are all veteran guys. In some cases, you've got two new guys coming in, in, in Wade and Rondo, that, uh, you know, joined the mix, and maybe they've decided that, you know, they've played on championship teams elsewhere, and they're going to, uh, you know, point out what they don't see in terms of uh, a championship uh, attitude or atmosphere 
you know, with the Bulls. But whatever the case, I mean, yeah, they've got some issues, and it makes uh, Fred Hoiberg's job that much more difficult. But I think in uh, Jerry Stott's case, I think he says he feels he's fortunate that he's got uh, the players that he has with the attitude that they have and with the willingness to continue to, to get along and, and really continue to like each other. It's not something that they just say for public consumption. I think they, they put it into practice every day, and, uh, and, and from all indications, that, that is pretty unusual in the NBA. You know, attitude can be seen as a good thing and a bad thing, and the, the attitude that, that Maurice Harkless has, I love it, but they lose a little bit of that when he's not out there. It, it seems like Noah Vonley has a little bit of that, that nastiness in him. What do you see out of him in that context? Yeah, I think, you know, again, being a young guy, I think he isn't always uh, sure of, uh, you know, when to be uh, assertive and so forth, but I do think it is uh, part of his, his makeup, and I do like the fact that, you know, that's a guy that does want to finish strong around the rim, and I think, uh, again, being back in the starting lineup, knowing he's going to play, you know, minutes every night, I think that's given him some confidence again that he can go out, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I haven't seen the analytical breakdown of rebounds per minute, but I would have to think that that uh, Noah's among the, you know, the Blazer leaders in that respect, if not the leader. So, you know, we know he's going to do that. We know he's going to rebound. We know he's going to provide some energy. And I think, you know, that's a good thing for that starting lineup. And uh, I think, again, you know, Terry's tweaking that rotation just a little bit. And I think it's, uh, you know, Noah's minutes uh, sometimes were a little spotty coming in off the bench. But at least now, knowing he's back in the starting lineup, I think we're starting to see, you know, some of the progress that he, he was making last year. I think it's starting to come back again and, and probably even uh, to an even greater degree that, you know, now he, he has the experience of the games he started last year, and now he can, you know, uh, fall back on that. And so it's not such a new experience for him to be starting in the NBA now that he does it again this year. So uh, so hopefully we continue to see good things from him. But I think he, you know, he's just tapping his potential. That's the nice thing that uh, hopefully uh, we've got a lot more good things to see from him as, uh, you know, as time goes on here. Brian Wheeler with us in the Rip City Drive. You know, Wheels, we, we like to say that Damian gets fired up when he gets um, you know, spite it in some way. We saw what happened last year in, in, after the All-Star game against the Warriors, and maybe tonight we'll see that again. But on the other side, you've got Mike Conley, who feels like he was snubbed uh, for the All-Star game as well. He didn't play the last time these two teams were out. Does that worry you from that perspective at all? Well, uh, what, worries, what worries me is that, you know, the, the Grizzlies have shown a great uh, ability and, in fact, better than anybody in the league. I mean, they play a lot of close games, and they win a lot of close games. And, and that was evident, by the way, they came back to win that, that uh, second meeting uh, against the Blazers. The Blazers, by all rights, should have already two wins against the Grizzlies so far this season. So it's one of the reasons why Memphis is sitting with uh, the record that they do. And even though they struggle, you know, statistically to score, I mean, they still still have some, you know, real solid defensive numbers to point to. And uh, they do have at least one all-star in Marcus Gasol, and maybe they feel that they should have had, should have had a second one in, in Mike Conley. But you know, Tony Allen obviously is the guy that leads their defensive effort, at least on the perimeter, and it's among the NBA's uh, league leaders in steals. But, um, you know, this is a team that I think in, in many cases has surprised some people in the NBA with the, the kind of record that they've had so far. David Fisdale's done a great job in his first season as head coach. So uh, I think the Blazers know what, uh, you know what they have to look forward to against the Grizzlies. It's going to be a game that uh, isn't going to be as free-flowing anywhere near as free-flowing as the game was the other night against the Lakers. This is a team that takes some pride in their defense, and, what I don't like about the game tonight is we've seen it a few times this season. It's the longest road trip of the season for the Grizzlies, and it starts with game one here tonight. And I think the good teams in the NBA put a lot of emphasis on the first game of long road trips. So I think the Blazers can expect that they're going to see uh, the best that the Grizzlies have to offer. But considering it's the final game of the season series and the only time that the Blazers will play the uh, Grizzlies, at least in the regular season at home, uh, again, I think it's a chance for them to have another three-game winning streak and hopefully start to you know, build on things that uh, have been kind of slowly uh, going forward in a positive way so far. 
And uh, if they get a win tonight, then obviously it puts a lot of momentum in their favor heading into the uh, next game that uh, will be probably the biggest test of this homestand, Sunday against the Warriors. Sure. You know, we, we keep asking the question of are they going to turn the corner. We're, we're not going to know if that Boston game was the, the turning point for a few weeks. But is tonight a game they have to win in order to keep that momentum going? Or, or can they still get to that point if they lose tonight, considering what's coming up before the All-Star break in the next nine games? Well, I think they still could, but I think that uh, that certainly uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, and I think Damian talked about it after the game the other night, the fact that, uh, you know, you've got two very good, uh, you know, potentially, uh, you know, uh, solid uh, playoff teams coming in. I mean, obviously the Warriors are, are that without any question. And the Grizzlies with the season they've had, I mean, they're going to be a threat to potentially have, uh, you know, one of the top four spots in the NBA uh, in terms of the Western Conference when all is said and done. So with the way they're playing, uh, this is, you know, a great test. And, again, I think if you're going to be a playoff team in the West, if you're going to be a team that's going to, uh, you know, not only maybe just sneak into the playoffs at number eight, but maybe be able to have a chance to, you know, get up even further than that in the standings, I think that this is the kind of game that uh, you have to win on your home floor. So from that standpoint, you know, if we really if we really want to know that today the Blazers are making the progress that uh, we hope to see, then I think that, yeah, it's the kind of game that you would love to see that uh, they find a way to win. Brian Wheeler with us on the Rip City Drive. Blazers, Grizzlies tonight tips at 7 right here on Rip City Radio. Wheels, always good to talk to you, sir. Enjoy being home for a little while. I'll see you tonight at the Moda Center. Very good, Trav. See you in a little bit then. All right, great stuff from Wheels. And, you know, like he said, it's a great opportunity for them to continue that momentum and keep that going. Well, so far the momentum of two wins is nice. Two wins is, is, is nice. We've seen two wins a few times this year. We've only seen three wins in a row twice and this is game number 48 of the season if you can't win three games in a row more than twice in a season do you deserve to be in the playoffs and the answer is no and it's it's not close you need to be able to put together some stretch where you have an extended period of success and that hasn't happened yet we haven't seen that this season you know cj mccollum talked about it earlier in the week that they haven't had any sustained success well Tonight would be the third win in a row. Maybe that gets halted if they win the game because you're playing Golden State on Sunday. But like Chad pointed out, the, the, the way the schedule works out, it's favorable for the Blazers against the Warriors with what Golden State has to deal with coming into Sunday. Maybe you get that win. You find a way to beat the Hornets or the Mavs. This five-game homestand, I want to see four wins. Anything less than that, to me, it's not a disappointment, but it sets you back in terms of how much ground you can make up before the All-Star break before the end of the month of February, and before you get into March. Because you've got nine games in the month of February. That's it. And then you're talking about six weeks left in the season, 35 games. You've got to figure it out before it gets too late. And if it doesn't happen in the next week, if it hasn't started to happen already, it's going to end up being too late. All right, coming up at the top of the hour, Kevin Calabro is going to join us. He'll be on the call on the TV side tonight. He also worked with Dr. Jack Ramsey for a number of years in the radio side of things, calling national games in the NBA Finals and the All-Star Game. So we'll get his take on that. Also, what KC thinks about the uh, Blazers, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum not making the All-Star team. Coming up next, I want to get into the Ducks' big win last night. Also, maybe the worst flop. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You have ever seen and why I felt like a big jerk this morning here at the office. You've got the Rip City Drive on Rip City Radio. You have it locked on the home of the Portland Trailblazers. Rip City Radio 620. Travis Demers on the Rip City Drive, only on Rip City Radio. 344 on the Rip City Drive. Welcome back in on a Friday. It is a Blazers game day. Taking on the Grizzlies tonight. Coverage starts at 5. Chad will have Blazers warm up for you. So we've got a little bit of a short show for you tonight. Jay Allen will have the pregame show at 6. And, of course, Wheels will have the tip-off at 7 o'clock. Last night, the Ducks got a big win over Utah. 17 wins in a row. They haven't lost since Maui, since the fourth game of the season. And they've looked really, really, really good. Dylan Brooks had been banged up. We saw the injury with him uh, last weekend, but they go into Utah last night in Salt Lake City, and they get a big win over a, a good Utah team. So now you're looking at a team that's number 10 in the country. When the new polls come out on Monday, if they beat Colorado on Saturday, which they should, you're talking about a team that's probably going to be eight, considering how many top 10 teams have lost. And Oregon is putting themselves in position, maybe not to get a number one seed like they had last year, but if they continue this role that they're on, still have Arizona and, and UCLA left on the schedule, a couple of top 10 teams, maybe they do get that, but it's probably more like a number two or maybe a number three seed, maybe likely a number two if they continue the pace that they're on. Last night, I saw one of the most egregious flops that I have ever seen ever anywhere, and this includes soccer. And Dylan Brooks... If, you're, if people are saying that Dylan Brooks' flop is worse than soccer players, how bad is that? Travis, I, I, I'm convinced, and you know my position where I'm going to come from, so it's not going to be surprising when you hear me say this. I am convinced he was hit, his shoe grabbed, and then the momentum of the hit and the grab forced him backwards. It was a legit non-flop flop you are the biggest duck homer i have ever met in my life if you even remotely believe that bobby I'm, I'm, I'm saying Not this second i'm saying this in the nicest nicest way possible that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard you say i know it is it's okay get out of here come on now even jonathan's laughing back there that that was that was embarrassing he gets like tapped by a forearm flies back and then pushes off with his foot oh my god Oh, if they could fine you in college basketball, he would have the biggest fine that anybody's ever had for flopping. You know what the fine system in college basketball is? What's that? Pure sheer embarrassment. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad because that that's making its way everywhere. I'm sure that's going to be a, a a meme if it's not already. They don't, vines are gone, right? Vines are, are have been partially eliminated. gone. Partially. No, well the the gifts are still out there and they're all over the place. If you haven't seen it and you want a good laugh at what. One of the dumbest things you'll ever see on a sporting arena looks like. Uh, that's that's where you'll be able to see. Just Google Dylan Brooks. Sure. It's the first thing that pops up. Here's here's a song that I think we need to put underneath it going forward. Because What's I think that? it just totally fits. You know, that's not bad. That was a danger zone last night in the oh, paint yeah. for Dylan Brooks. Oh, yeah. God, that was, that was embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for him. Well, it could be worse. I mean, you could always go and you could put, you know... The song that everybody puts everything to these days. No, don't. Do not play that song, Bobby. Bobby. Jonathan, can you hear me in there? Walk over to Bobby and just punch him. Thank you. 
Please stop. I'm serious now. Turn. Thank you. I, w- I want to be awake here for the next hour and 12 minutes. Okay, I don't want to be falling asleep at the wheel on my way to the Blazer game tonight. No. Uh, now I've lost all complete train of thought thanks to Celine Dion. Much you should appreciate. see my epic flop in here, by the way. No, I, I saw your flop. It was, still wasn't as as egregious as Dylan Brooks' oh, flop was all. last Absolutely night. Absolutely not at all. You've seen the the video of that of the one soccer coach. I think it was a soccer coach who like uh, he was in an argument with the coach and the other team, and the guy, the other coach like kind of just barely pushed Touched him, and, him. And, oh, yeah. and, and he he grabs his throat like he just got punched in the throat. Is it like? Someone just threw a, a baseball at him and throw it as hard as they could, and he looked like he was choking to death. All right, guy. If they could give out red cards in basketball for flopping, I don't know if that's a thing in soccer. I don't know soccer well enough, uh, but they, they would have given him one of those. So, Bob, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I've, I've had back problems oh, for yeah. a while, and sometimes they're, they're really bad, and sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it'll go a few weeks, and I don't feel any pain, and other days it's like, it's tough. This morning I woke up, and I had a tough time getting out of bed. It took me like okay. literally 20 minutes just to sit up in bed. It was rough. Well, I went to the doctor a couple of weeks ago, and the doctor prescribed me, if, you, if that's what you would call it, a stand-up desk at work. Yes. I, I sit a lot all day. Uh, sometimes I'll do little laps around the, the station here to, to get some steps in. But I sit all day out at my desk, and then I sit all day in here if I'm not at meetings and stuff, and then I'll, I'll sit in meetings. Well, I was kind of embarrassed by that, I guess, because you know how I, how I am. I'm like I don't like to go to the doctor. I'm I'm prideful with you know too prideful to the point where it's very stubborn with things like sure. that. So I, this I was what a, a week and a half ago, I guess it was. So today, I'm like you know what, I'm I'm gonna see what I can do, and then I find out our friend Jay back there has got a stand up desk that apparently he never uses. Well. I got a note from my doctor that said, I recommend that Travis Demers have a stand-up desk, you know, due to some, some health issues. Um, because sitting all day, it is, it's, not, it's not good for your back. Yeah. Well, I haven't done anything about it. And today I, I got the idea, okay, I've got to just suck it up and, and go talk to HR. Well, I go in and I pass by HR and I talk to her and I go, so stand-up desk. And she gives me a look like, yeah. <laughs> and then immediately I'm like, oh boy. Um, so yeah, my my doctor kind of wrote me this note that yeah, I I need a stand up desk, and I just got like the stare of death, like laser beams <laughs> right through me. And I'm like, so what should I do? So you have a note? Yeah. <sighs> just bring me the note. Like, great, this is one more thing I got to deal with. Because oh, yeah. she does a lot. She's, she's we, great. We love our HR lady. She is fantastic. One of the best. And, yes, listen, we make her life a living blank. Yeah. But it's non-intentional. We just, we're trying to get things done. And sometimes it includes having to go to HR, which, listen, we if we don't have to go to HR, we don't want to. No. Because we already know she does everything above and beyond for us. Now, when when I got some new responsibilities here at work, I had to go talk to her quite a bit. And I could, oh, every yeah. time I knocked on the door, hey, how are you? I just get this stare. That was the same stare that I got yesterday. And she she's great. Don't get me wrong. It's not like she's a bad person. It's just this is this is another flipping thing that I got to right. add. And this is another expense. Yep, exactly. So I, I, I was kind of embarrassed by it, first of all. And then I just got the stare of death. So I'm like, wow, I am a big jerk. That's that's great. Pretty much. So, yeah, that was that. The, the, the reason why I have some of the back issues that I do, I was in a couple of car accidents. And one of them was uh, in 2012, before I moved here. I was still in Virginia, and I was driving to a golf course. 
And across the street from the golf course, some lady went across like three lanes of traffic and T-boned me. And I was in the car with uh, my good friend Jason Parrish. You know, you know Parrish. Oh, very well. Uh, I worked with him before he moved over there, and we were on our way to go play some golf. And this woman was like, she was in her 70s, and she had her grandson in the car. She's visiting from Pennsylvania. And so we're, we're waiting for, like, the cops to come and stuff, and then her husband shows up. And this guy looked like Mickey Rooney. And he shows oh, up man. in a, a crew neck Harvard sweatshirt. Yes. And he is just angry. You could see the steam coming off of his head. And he looks over at the car and he goes, if you think I'm pay for this, you're out of your mind. And then he looks at me and, and Jason goes, well, they're probably Democrats, too. Oh. Like, wow. Oh. Tell us how you really feel there, guy. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it was an experience. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you sent me a very interesting story here about uh, somebody mailing five and a half pounds of pot to the wrong address in Columbus, Indiana. This, uh, this comes from... WTMJ in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is what the story says. If you're missing five and a half pounds of marijuana, head to the police station to pick it up. The Columbus Police Department posted that somebody mailed five and a half pounds. That's a lot of weed uh, of marijuana to the wrong address. Police picked up the drugs worth about $30,000 on the street. They're asking whoever should have received them to, quote, swing by the front desk and speak to the nice officer the front desk is open until 6 p.m. And don't forget your ID. Yeah. Mailing marijuana <laughs> is probably not the smartest practice. Now, of course, here it's sure. legal recreationally, and it's becoming that way more and more throughout the country. But if it's illegal in the state that you reside in or a state set that uh, you're sending it to, that's probably not a good idea. Just because it's legal here doesn't mean we can mail it to family in another state. And I'm pretty sure that... You know, police dogs are kind of trained to smell things like that. Uh, They can smell stuff that you would not even believe that they could smell. I don't care if it's in vacuum-sealed bags like the photo shows here. Police dogs can kind of pick that up. Uh, uh, It's kind of a pungent odor. It is, and I'm going to share a quick story with you from a friend of mine. We've got 30 seconds, so share it quickly. It is quick. Police trolling has gone up now to a new level where if you mail, like, marijuana or other drugs, the cops will send you a letter saying, dear blah, 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 we have your drugs here. If you care to claim them, please come down to the police station. Is anybody that dumb? Oh, some people have done it, actually. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's pretty bad. All right. Kevin Calabro is going to join us next. We'll get back to some sports here. Talk some Blazers. I want to get his thoughts on working with Dr. Jack Ramsey. And also what he thinks about Damian and CJ not being all-stars. You've got the Rip City Drive on Rip City Radio. This is the Rip City Drive, your afternoon commute distraction. You've spent all day slaving away. How much time would you say you spend each week dealing with these TPS reports? And now your freedom is at hand. Let's get you geared up for the night. Racing to the Leaf Guard Gutter Studios. Here is your host. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome. Welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Travis Demers. The Rib City Drive. Sports and life in the fast lane. 
Hour two of two on a Blazers game day here on the Rip City Drive. Tip-off tonight at 7 o'clock against the Memphis Grizzlies on Comcast Sportsnet. On the call, of course, as always, is Kevin Calabro. He joins us now. KC, how are you? Doing very well, Travis. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to go back to Wednesday real quick because what we saw from from a perspective of, of the viewer and the fan was something that you don't get to see very often, a very special moment with the 77 Blazers and I know for, for you, you had an opportunity to work with Jack Ramsey and have a much different perspective than, than any of us do. So tell me about your relationship with him and what it was like working with Dr. Jack. Well, as we all know, uh, first and foremost, a great gentleman, uh, a tremendous citizen, uh, a great citizen not only of the United States but of the world, a world traveler, uh, a guy who was a great apostle for the game of basketball and an enthusiast for the game of basketball and an enthusiast for exercise and health, uh, which was his major course of study. So that first and foremost, the man was uh, a real pleasure to be around. Uh, And because obviously he had three decades on me, I always approach things as uh, learning at the the feet of the sage, uh, which he would really laugh at because he he really had some uh, self-deprecating humor himself and didn't take himself too seriously. Uh, But he took the game of basketball very seriously and the people that work in and around the game. And I think had a great respect for those people that respected the game uh, and honored the game by uh, doing it the right way. He was very much a believer in fundamentals. He believed that defense ultimately will win you championships. He believed in a crisp chess pass. He believed in great timing and running plays and executing extremely well. And above all else, he believed in team, team uber alles, over everything. It was funny because I worked with Jack. I did three all-star games with Jack Ramsey, and it was absolute agony for Jack Ramsey to do all-star games. <laughs> it really was. I mean, it, ran, it ran totally counter to what he believed uh, about the game, an all-star game. I mean, imagine that in the world of Dr. Jack, who was, was team above everything and defense, right? Sure. He worshipped at the, the altar of defense. And you got, of course, you get nothing of that in these all-star games. We, we did an all-star game. It was 163-155 was the final. Wow. And <laughs> Jack, Jack had a tough time with that. Not only that, but we had to do the skills challenge on radio, which was in and of itself a challenge for us. You know, to describe slam dunks and skills and uh, the second-year players playing the rookies on Friday night and the whole thing. But, uh, you know, Jack, of course, took it with great humor and, and was great to be around. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we go out and have uh, his favorite uh, Pinot Noir at the uh, at the end of the game, and and we break it all down. and uh, And he would end up uh, most of the time at the end of the night. He would end up uh, singing a Billy Joel song. Uh, he was the guy had a tremendous memory and recall for those types of things for books, literature, and music. Now that you're a part of the the Blazers broadcasting crew, and and you see firsthand just how much this city loves this team, and you see the numbers hang from the rafters, and we saw a lot of those guys in, in the arena on Wednesday night. Just when you think about the legacy of a franchise, and that obviously being the, the Blazers' proudest moment, just how important is that to a city? Well, you know, I, I go back a little bit, too. Uh, I was an old ABA fan. I, I, I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. I was a Pacer fan. They joined the ABA in 1968. Dave Torzik, before he played for the Blazers, was playing for the Virginia Squires. So, the minute I saw Torzik, I obviously I was was going back in time and asking him about ABA lore and so forth. Johnny Davis actually played for the Indiana Pacers when he was out there working for Indiana as a as a college kid doing some PA announcing. So I, 
I knew a little bit about the, uh, the, the about the history and so forth of uh, of the Portland Trailblazers from him. Um, so to see these guys come and I and I've worked with Bill Walton. I've done countless events with Bill back in the old days at Turner. We we would do some events as well, uh, and I've known Bill a long, long time. So you know between the uh, personal associations that I've had with some of the ex players that were on that team. And then getting to meet for the first time um, other players and other members of, of that squad. Wally Walker, of course, being a former Portland Trailblazer as well from that championship and worked for Wally for a number of years down in Seattle. So it was real gratifying, I think, to see all these guys come back and, and celebrate a championship. That's always meaningful, certainly, to a community, even if it's been 40 years ago. Kevin Calabro is with us in the Rip City Drive. So we, we fast forward to... January 27th, 2017, where we are tonight. A nice win on Wednesday after a, a very good win on Saturday. And we, we hope that this team is finally able to turn the corner and put together a, a nice long stretch of victories. Why is, is this stretch here, when we look at Saturday and the win you saw against Boston, why can that be different than what we've seen through the first 46, 47 games? Well, I think since the 1st of December, they've, they've tried to get their defensive house in order. And I think Terry now has uh, looked at his lineup and he's decided that a, a little shift and shake up, I'm not sure a little uh, actually captures what he has done because he's changed two of the starters and he's, he's made a major revamp into his rotation. But I think it is, it's proven to relieve some pressure on both Lillard and McCollum and free them up and allow them to score the ball as they did against Boston. You know, when they combined for 35 and 28 points respectively with Evan Turner starting and getting a lot of the minutes down the stretch and defending at Isaiah Thomas. And certainly that was the case against the Lakers when Lou Williams busted free and hit those those three threes uh, in a period of about a minute and a half that that, uh, suddenly changed the complex of that game from a 14-point blazer lead suddenly to a deficit with five and a half minutes or so to go in the the ballgame. So I think he has... He's decided that Turner can be that guy in that rotation. He provides, uh, I think, uh, a lot in terms of playmaking ability and the ability to defend. Noah Vonley, I think, has has stepped up and has done a nice job on the boards and creating a little uh, havoc in the paint and so forth. You know, he had three steals against Boston with his six rebounds in a very limited amount of time. He played uh, a little better than 16 minutes in that game. And then you bring Harkless and Aminu off the floor with their skills defensively as well on the length at 6'9". And Alan Crabb, I think, is getting, getting hot on balance. I think he's starting to heat up. Didn't shoot the ball well against the Boston Celtics. But I, but I see him coming on. And Myers Leonard, you know, if Myers, Myers could bring some consistency, uh, a level of consistency coming off the bench, I think it would make Terry's job a lot easier too and would give you a real solid nine-man rotation you know, that 17 points he had and the way he physically played and attacked the rim against the Celtics certainly was was outstanding. And it, and Mason Plumley over his last three games, you know, he's had double-doubles in each one of those. He's been just uh, re- remarkable all season long, but really turning it up. You know, he had the 14 and 11 against Philly with the three blocks, the 10 and 11 with eight assists against Boston, and then 19 and 13 against the Lakers. He's had just a, an outstanding year. So, Long story short, uh, Travis, I think those are some of the reasons, you know, uh, they are, you know, they're the sum of their, their different parts. And we haven't mentioned CJ and his exquisite shooting. Yeah. Damian averaging 26 points a game. Um, I think, I think that's reason to, to be optimistic. Uh, if, if you're a Blazer fan that, 
yeah, they can make the playoffs and maybe make some noise in the playoffs as well. You know, they've got the remaining games left. They've got 20 at home, 15 out on the road. So now's the time to take advantage of this home stretch. And, and the win over the Lakers, while it wasn't pretty, it's tough to win in this league. We'll take it. Sure. I want to go back to what you were talking about with Evan Turner because his game took a little while, maybe more than a little while, to, to develop into what Blazers fans had hoped. And it, we're starting to see him become the player that they expected when they brought him here. What have you seen from that development from him, even in the last 10 or 12 games? Well, I think there's he's able now to find his spot. I think they're figuring out, too, where he can score the ball. That that helps. Look, it, it, it always helps to score the ball. You may be tabbed as a guy that's going to come in here and, and help play make and, and relieve the pressure and, and defend and so forth. And those are all great attributes, and those are attributes that ultimately win you ball games, defending and sharing and moving the ball. But we all love to score. Uh, you know, And so Evan, I think, has been able to find that mid-range look. They've been able to space the floor. He's been able to post guys. That was, as advertised, one of his skills, and we've seen it now. Uh, I, I think really come on and, and develop, and he's starting to own that now in this system with this group. I think that's that's what we're seeing, Travis, is him getting used to the group, uh, knowing where those screens are going to be set, when they're going to be set, uh, where Dame likes the ball, where CJ likes the ball, uh, where certain players like to score defensively, who can help, who can't help, what are the strengths and weaknesses, and so forth. That takes a while, you know. It, so, so it takes 40-plus games. Uh, I think ultimately, uh, I think he can be a very, very valuable part of this team. Kevin, tonight the Memphis Grizzlies bring in Mark Gasol, who's coming off of his best career game, 42 points. The game before that, 32 points. He's been every bit the all-star that, that he was named. How do you stop him? And against this Memphis team, is that the number one goal defensively? Well, he's such an excellent passer that if you, obviously, you bring a double at him, uh, he's getting rid of the ball. He's going to find Mike Conley. He's going to find uh, Zach Randolph playing a high-low. Uh, you know, those are the three guys you have to worry about offensively when, you know, you're not tracing uh, Troy Daniels or, or Tony Douglas. I mean, those are the two. Those are the two X factors that hurt the Blazers the last time we were uh, playing the Memphis Grizzlies uh, back in, in early December when Gasol gave us 36. He had the big fourth quarter in that game, as we know. Uh, they outscored the Blazers uh, by 10 in the fourth quarter, and he's averaging 28 and a half. But you, you don't, you know, it's the old saying: you don't stop these guys. You just try to take one element of the game away. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he certainly loves to post. Uh, he can face up and hit that jumper, and he's now shooting threes, as you mentioned. I mean, he's stepping out. He hits uh, a number of threes, five threes in his last game, but 42 points. So you add that now to the repertoire. You, that's a real tough handle. I think you don't I, – I don't think you take those numbers away from him necessarily. You try to diminish where he gets them. And crucial points of the fourth quarter, if you're holding a lead and on the road, that's when he, he hurt the, the Blazers the last time we played. Uh, I think you just try to take other elements of their game away. Make sure Zach Randolph doesn't hurt you. Make sure Conley doesn't have a big night tonight. Or a guy like Tony Allen. Um, or, or some X factor off the bench, whether it be you know Green as a starter, or maybe Parsons steps out there tonight despite the knees. I see he's listed as uh, probable. He and Green are listed as probable. You don't let those X factor guys beat you. All right, Kevin, the All-Star Game reserves were announced yesterday. Obviously, no Damian Lillard, no C.J. McCollum on the team. What's your take on the reserves? Did they get it right, or should Damian and or CJ have been on the team? The one problem I would have with the Western Conference All-Star Reserves is this. 
DeAndre Jordan. Now, I think it's pretty apparent what the coaches did here. Uh, we know that CP3 is not available. We know that Griffin is not available. I would have no argument with either one of those guys making the all-star team, none, I, even ahead of a blazer. But I do have a problem with Jordan, uh, and, and I would have a real problem if I were a Utah fan. Utah's ranked number two defensively. Rudy Gobert is averaging 13 points, 12.6 rebounds, 2.6 blocks, and leads the league in that category. The Clippers have the fifth best record right now in the NBA, which is probably the the reason that the coaches named Jordan, because they knew that Griffin, obviously, and CP3 would not be there. They had to acknowledge the accomplishment of the Clippers this year. And, And look, he's number one in rebounding, and they are sixth, make that seventh, and defensive rating. So I can see Jordan being in the all-star game. But here's where I got a problem with the all-star game. Look at the last three years of the scoring. Last year it was 196, 173, 163, 158, 163, 155. You got to go back to 04, the last time that big guys were named MVPs in the all-star game. That was Shaq. Before him, a couple of years earlier, was Garnett and, and Duncan. Shaq and Kobe shared it in 09. My point is the all-star game is for the fans, first and foremost, I believe, and obviously acknowledging good first-half performance. Would you rather see a guy that averages 26 a game as Damian Lillard or a guy like C.J. McCollum who's shooting 48% from the field, 42 from three, 509 from two, and 89% from the free throw line, who can score like nobody's business at 23-and-a-half, both these guys? I mean, this the all-star game is a, it should be for scoring machines. That's my point. (laughs) You know what? The more scoring we see, the better, because that is the format of the game. That is the format of the game. What do big guys like Deandre Jordan do in an NBA all-star game, which is nothing more than an exhibition free of any, any hint, any smell of defense. It's about scores. So that would be my point. I'd much rather see scores like the two guys wearing black and red then see big guys who just kind of wander around out there, out of their element. That, that's where I'm at with the, uh, the all-star game, also known in my mind as an exhibition. Kevin Calabro with us in the Rip City Drive. He'll have the call of the Blazers and the Grizzlies tonight, 7 o'clock on Comcast Sportsnet, along with Lamar Hurd. Kevin, it's great to talk to you as always. Thank you so much for the time. Have a great call tonight. Travis, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, great stuff from Kevin Calabro, and I completely agree with him. The, the, the one all-star that stands out is... Really? The only one is DeAndre Jordan. But can you have a team that's had as much success as the Clippers have had this year and not have an all-star? Now, Chris Paul was injured. So if Chris Paul gets injured tonight instead of when he got hurt, does DeAndre Jordan make the all-star team? Well, no, Chris Paul would have been on the all-star list yesterday. But who's the injury replacement at that point? Do you put another guard in? And maybe, I mean, look, you're not going to have a situation where Westbrook and Harden aren't on the all-star team. You would have one less big on the team. So how would they do it at that point? That's a big question. Do you put a clipper in for a clipper? Do you put a guard in for a guard? Well, that's kind of irrelevant now because we know who's on the team and who's not. I'll get to that more coming up next because it's an interesting point. I also want to bring up why today is an important day in NFL history as much as I hate the reason that it's an important day in NFL history. That's coming up next. We'll talk to Chad coming up in about a half hour from now, getting you set for the Blazers at the top of the hour. you got the Rip City Drive on Rip City Radio. Boom! Chakalaka! 
This is your home of the Portland Trailblazers. Rip City, baby. The Rip City Drive, your afternoon commute distraction. It's 422 on the Rip City Drive. Welcome back in on a Friday. Blazers game day. Taking on the Grizzlies tonight. 7 o'clock tip, 5 o'clock coverage. Chad doing will have Blazers warm-up for you coming up tonight at 5. So we're taking you up until then. He'll join us in a little over 20 minutes from now. The NBA All-Star Game. What what pops into your head when you think of the NBA All-Star Game? And, you know, Kevin Calabro brought up some of the scores that he called games for. This is how unmemorable the All-Star Game is in general. Bobby, do you remember what the score was of last year's NBA All-Star Game or something close to it? I want to say maybe 135 to 139. No, you're, you're way off. And the reason I, I, I say it like that is because I, I, I don't even remember this score. It was 92 to 90 at halftime. The final score was 196 to 173. There's no defense in the All-Star Game. We know that there's no defense in the All-Star game. But they combined to score, what, 369 points? Yeah. What was the over-under on that one? Not enough. The year before, 163, 158. He was talking about 2014, 163, 155. Of course, Dr. Jack Ramsey had issues calling the All-Star game because there's no defense. None. Zero. The All-Star Game is for scores. And that was a point that I hadn't really thought about. That's what Kevin Calabro said. The NBA All-Star Game should be for scoring machines. He said he'd rather see scorers like Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum than other bigs. And I just pulled up last year's All-Star roster just to see. You look at the Western Conference, and there were three guards that were reserves. Chris Paul, James Harden, Clay Thompson. Russell Westbrook and Steph Curry started the game. This year... It'll be Curry and Harden that start the game. And you've got Klay Thompson and Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. If Chris Paul was healthy, he would be in the All-Star game instead of DeAndre Jordan. But they had to put a clipper in there. You look at the teams that have the best records in the league. Okay, In the Western Conference, the Warriors, All-Stars. Spurs have All-Stars. Rockets have All-Stars. The Clippers might not have an All-Star. The number five team in the West is the Jazz. They do not have an all-star, and I think that's the biggest snub. Rudy Gobert should be an all-star. In the East, Cavaliers have an all-star. Raptors have an all-star. The Boston Celtics do have one all-star in Isaiah Thomas. Uh, The number four seed, the Atlanta Hawks, which I still don't know how that's still possible at this point. They have an all-star in Paul Millsap. So the top four teams in each conference have an all-star. Well, that's that's eight of the twenty-four players right there. In the in the West, the only all-star that is not from a team that right now would be in the playoff hunt is Demarcus Cousins. Now they're in the hunt. They're not getting into the playoffs. They're under five hundred. Rudy Gay's not going to be around for the rest of the year. They're not getting into the playoffs. In the East, I mean, it's really the Chicago Bulls, and they're in the eight seed right now. They've got. Jimmy Butler, who is deserving of of being an all star, but that's that's really it. Everybody else is uh, on a team that's that's in the playoffs right now. So the only player in the All Star game at all that's not on a a team that has a winning record 
or a team that would be in the playoffs if the season ended today is DeMarcus Cousins. And as Ben Golliver pointed out yesterday, the numbers that, that DeMarcus Cousins are is putting up are Shaq in his prime type numbers. So you've, you've got to put DeMarcus Cousins in. You've got to find a way to get him in. The Blazers right now at 20 and 27 are not in the, in the playoff picture right now. They're right on the cusp, but they're on the outside looking in right now, especially after Denver got a win last night. They're a game behind Denver for the eighth spot in uh, in the Western Conference. Seven games under five you you're You're not going to get a whole lot of love when you're seven games over five hundred, and you had expectations of being a four-seed or a five-seed, hell, maybe even a three-seed. So, so I get it. I also understand the point that the NBA All-Star game is for scorers, but who really could you could you keep out of it? And, and again, DeAndre Jordan's name keeps uh, coming up, and it's uh, the first time that he's been to the All-Star game, believe it or not. Who would you put in in that spot? Personally, I'd probably put Damian Lillard, and I would really even consider putting in CJ ahead of Dame at that point. And the question keeps coming up, who's better, who's more deserving? Well, one of those guys, I'd be happy if it was one of them. CJ is is very close to being this year the more valuable player at times, and, and he might very well be. I don't think it matters all that much, but he, he might very well be. I'm I'm willing to concede that at the very least. But I'd put either one of those guys in over DeAndre Jordan. But I would also put Rudy Gobert in ahead of both of those players. Is it for scores? Yes, but Rudy Gobert is deserving of being in the All-Star game. I would even consider putting in Mike Conley, as we talked about yesterday and the day before, ahead of both Damian and CJ. But you look at it, you've got four guards. Curry, Harden, Westbrook, and uh, Clay Thompson. They're all scorers. Kevin Durant is a scorer. Kawhi Leonard is a scorer. Gordon Hayward is a scorer. Marcus All is a center, is a scorer. Draymond Green, not necessarily. DeMarcus Cousins absolutely is. Uh, and DeAndre Jordan isn't. So you've got two guys who aren't what you would call, quote, scoring machines in there. Like uh, Kevin Calabro said, do we want to see 196 to 173 again? Fans want to see scoring, yes. But 196 to 173? I would love to see a team just intentionally play defense just to see what would happen. You know what's interesting have you seen the format this year? Yeah, and, and good luck with that, aside from the final 90 right. seconds of the game. Do you see the format? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The, the NHL All-Star Game, which I, th- I think it's this weekend, actually. I believe it is, yeah. Did, did you see the format that they're going with? No, I did not. Okay, so the NHL now has four divisions, two in each, uh, you know, conference. In each conference. So what you have is you have three games, essentially. Well, four because they're going to play a consolation game. But you've got a semifinals between, instead of having All-Star teams per conference, they have all-star teams per division. So they've got four all-star teams instead of two. And they play a semifinal, but they're not doing your standard five-on-five or even four-on-four four like they have in overtime. No, no, no. They're doing three-on-three. Three. That's epic. Three-on-three three with, I think it's condensed periods. I think it might be two 10-minute periods, three 10-minute period, whatever it is. It's not your, your standard format. But you're playing a three-on-three game. If you're going to talk about it in that context and say, 
well, we're, we're just going to make it be a, a scoring game, you know, two forwards and, uh, and a defenseman or whatever it might be. How about the NBA playing a three-on-three? Or maybe old-school NBA jam, two-on-two. That would be awesome. But three-on-three would be fantastic. If you want to see scoring, you can't break it down because you you have have more divisions now. Divisions don't mean anything anyway. But maybe you could break it up. Do like what they they did in the NFL last year and have uh, in the last couple of years and have just a a fantasy draft type thing where you've got four captains. I thought it was cool to do that. And they had it with... I think it ran its course, but I did like it the first year. They had Hall of Famers, whether it be Jerry Rice or Deion Sanders or Michael Irvin or whoever. You want to do that, fine. Uh, Michael Jordan probably wouldn't be fair. Might be a conflict of interest because he's, um, uh, you know, he's the owner of a team. Uh, But maybe a guy like Shaq, you know, bring him back. Uh, You know, I'm thinking of the TV guys, but Charles Barkley, guys like that. Um, and, and have them be the captains, pick the teams out of the pool of players, regardless of conference, because you look at the Eastern Conference, Isaiah Thomas, John Wall, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, Paul George, Kemba Walker, Paul Millsap, all of those guys I think are deserving, but I put in Damian Lillard ahead of uh, Kemba Walker. He might be the only one, but I put Damian Lillard in ahead of him. So you take the pool of players that are mm-hmm. available and you divvy it up, and maybe you extend it out and you have four nine team rosters and that way you've got 36 players in there instead of the 24 because i think you could make the case that they're you know 36 or even eight team rosters or seven seven's probably better you know 28 you get four more all-stars in there then damian lillard's definitely in or cj mccollum one of those two is definitely in and you play a basically a three-on-three tournament i'd tune in for that that would be awesome if you're talking about scoring that would be awesome and then you've got to determine how that team's going to be made up and all that stuff. And that, to me, would be a ton of fun. Because the All-Star game's kind of boring. Yeah, I get it that it's for the fans. But it, it's kind of boring, don't you think? Uh, it, it totally is. And it's funny. I had mentioned that I had talked to Oliver Maroney at practice yesterday. And we'd actually brought this up. He goes, you know what I'd love to see? You have a guy like Kevin Durant and, say, LeBron James be picked as All-Star captains. But here's how you make this fair. LeBron has to pick the West team. Yeah, there you go. That's KD interesting. Has to pick the East, and that way you don't pick your boys, you don't pick your current teammates. Like in gym class, when exactly. they have two people be captains, and they don't tell you that you're going to be picking for the other oh, yeah. team, so you you pick and like, okay, you Bobby, you get that team, Travis, you get yeah. that team, but I pick that team. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're getting the other team. That makes it fair. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I, I would I would totally take that idea and run with. It. I think it'd be awesome. I do like the idea though of having a couple, of, you know, a three on three tournament with four teams. Oh, I, or something I'm, like I'm right that. there with it. I think that'd, that'd be, be awesome. Can you imagine, you know, well, I mean, you kind of have, uh, you could put the Warriors out there against, like, LeBron, uh, Westbrook, and Mark Gasol. Oh. <laughs> I would watch that. Oh, Are you I kidding would me? I would totally do that. That'd be fantastic. It'd be all dunks. It'd be fantastic. Yep, and occasionally, you would have to play some defense. Occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> Very I would, occasionally. I would still be down for that. You have, like, you know, uh, two 12-minute halves. And play back-to-back games, and then the losers play, and then the winners play. I, I would so be down for that. I would tune in for that in a heartbeat. <laughs> be great. Be fantastic. Today, January 27th, 2017, 17 years ago today, there was a big moment in NFL history. Bill Belichick was hired as the New England Patriots head coach. Now, three weeks prior to that, he was hired as the New York Jets head coach, had a press conference. The next day, he resigned. And then he winds up being the Patriots head coach and 
and the rest is history. How different would the NFL look today if Bill Belichick was the New York Jets head coach? J-E-T-S would not stand for just end the season like it has for so long. Here is part of Bill Belichick's press conference on January 27th, 2000, when he was introduced as the new New England Patriots head coach. The shopping list is quite a long one, but the staff, uh, speaking with the members of the current staff, um, coaching staff considerations, players, salary cap issues, personnel issues, free agencies right around the corner. There's a, a lot of things that need to be done in, in a relatively short amount of time, and I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can to get those things done efficiently and in a manner which will, will give our football team the best opportunity to win. And that's all I really am about is trying to win football games. That 32 seconds from Bill Belichick might be the most animated we've heard him in the last 17 years. That might be the, <clears throat> the most different words that he's used in there in that 32 seconds that his entire time in the next 17 years. He doesn't say much. It's weird hearing Bill Belichick all animated, but that moment changed the NFL. I mean, won a Super Bowl, the, not that year, but the following year, and then obviously went to five more. Uh, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. This is his sixth one after, since, since that one, so seven total, could win five. That changed the NFL because it basically mean, means nobody else in the AFC East has a chance for the next basically two decades. And you've got to be really, really good if you want to get to the Super Bowl if you're not named the New England Patriots. They've been to 11 AFC Championship games, seven Super Bowls, and they've won four, maybe five. That might be one of the most significant dates in NFL history. And when you look back at some of the, the coaches that have been around for a long time and that did their thing and won Super Bowls, whether it be Bill Walsh or Don Shula uh, or Bill Parcells, who really was only the Giants head coach for eight years, won a couple of Super Bowls, Tom Coughlin with a couple, Tom Flores with a couple with the, with the Los Angeles and Oakland Raiders, um, you know, Vince Lombardi. The names go on and on and on. But the, the stretch that we talk about with Bill Belichick for 17 years, it's, it's remarkable what he's done. We've had this conversation. We'll continue it next week as well. If he wins another one, it's hard to argue that he's the best ever. But today, 17 years ago, changed the entire course of NFL history. Bobby, I got another story for you. You ready for, for part two of story time today? I love story time. Now, this one involves the soon-to-be Mrs. getting very mad at me. Uh oh By very mad, it's, uh, I'm, I'm exaggerating you mean my long-distance long uh, relative? Yeah, you're, you're very, very long-distance relative. So, last night, she goes to bed early. So, she usually falls asleep somewhere between... And 9 and 9.30, sometimes a little bit earlier than that. So last night, she's at my place, and uh, she falls asleep, you know, relatively early at 9 o'clock. And usually, like, we'll watch TV or something, and she's like, yeah, I'm going to go to sleep. Within five minutes, boom, she's out. She's a very heavy sleeper. So I can usually watch whatever I want, and it's not going to wake her up. Most of the time, it's cartoons. Because you know how I am sure, with cartoons. Absolutely. I don't watch cartoons and, and do work or something or, you know, play some games on my phone. Well, last night at, like... 11.30, I'm flipping through, and I'm tired. I probably should have gone to sleep at that point. I'm flipping through, uh, and I find The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Oh, fantastic movie. And it's been on a lot lately, and every time that I see that it's on, I have to watch it. I like westerns, and that's, out of the, the trilogy, that's my favorite. And I think a lot of people would say that's, you know, their favorite western. Well, around 12.30, I, I flip back, and I was watching Archer for a little while. I'm watching cartoons, of course, and then I flip back, and I'm, I'm watching more of the the good, the bad, and the ugly. And about 
she wakes up. And she gives me this, like, half-asleep look like, and then I go, can you please turn that off and go to sleep? Like, uh, she gets up really early. She gets up at, like, 4, 4.30 to go to the gym. I have to be up in four hours. Can you turn that off and go to sleep? Because what she heard was this. And, of course, that's what woke her up. So I get a text from her this morning. And let me find it here. Uh, she was saying she didn't sleep very well last night. And I said, why? And she said, I woke up like a million times. Then I woke up to your, uh, to your Western you were watching, and I was grumpy about it. I said, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you were a little grumpy. I feel bad. Uh, and she says, you know what woke me up? That dang sound that's in all Westerns. I don't know how to describe it. Well, it's not in all Westerns. It might seem like it is, but the most famous sound that anybody recognizes from Westerns is this. Absolutely. And, of course, now she's had that stuck in her head all day. Well, I will say this, and you know how much we love our listeners here on the Rip City Drive. Our good buddy, Blake, just sends me a Facebook note. Tell Travis I bought bed headphones and it's changed my life. No more sh- turn it down. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I got to get something like that. I'm very fortunate that normally she doesn't wake sure. up. And, you know, sometimes I'll watch, like, <laughs> Die Hard or something, and you hear, like, the, all the guns going oh, yeah. off, and, like, she'll wake up and give me a look, and I'll just be like, I love you. <laughs> it usually doesn't happen. But, of course, you know, it just it had to be. It, look, and, and if you're not watching the movie, and you're not oh, yeah. into it, and you're not, like, into the scene and, and into the Western, and you wake yeah. up in the middle of the night and you hear, you know, you, you hear the typical. Oh, yeah. It's going to be annoying, and it's going to wake you up, and you're going to hear it and dream about it the rest of the night. So you'll love this. So occasionally I'll get up in the middle of the night, and I'll leave my TV on. I sometimes fall asleep to CNN or SportsCenter or Discovery Channel, whatever I happen to be watching. And I got up in the middle of the night last night, and I could hear CNN through my wall into the bathroom at 4 a.m. And granted, it's not loud at all. It's like maybe on volume saying three or four. Yeah. I'm like, if I can hear it three walls away into the bathroom... It's probably- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Probably too loud. Probably, yes. She just texted me, by the way, said it was 1 a.m., not oh. 12.30. My, my apologies. 30-minute oh, difference. Big yes. deal. By well, the way, I just filled in uh, Jonathan on the fact that Hannah and I are distant related. He lost Back his, to the Mayflower. Oh, amazing. He, he thinks it's the most amazing thing ever. We are brothers from another mother-in-law, Bobby. Yes. Well, once you see, I say I do, yes. Well, yeah, we, we will be. Well, are you implying that that's not going to not, happen? Not at all. Okay. Hannah, I love you too. Yeah. Be, be careful in there, Bobby. I don't want to get in trouble when I go home. All right, coming up next, Chad Dewing is going to join us. He is live at the Moto Center. We'll get you set for the Blazers and the Grizzlies. We'll have the degenerate dime of the day. And we need a contestant for next week. We've got Blazers Hornets tickets for the contestant. Caller 5 right now, 503 248 0620. You're going to see the Blazers and the Hornets on Tuesday, and you will be the contestant for next week's Degenerate Dime for the day. Give Bobby your email and phone, and I'll shoot you all the info over the weekend. You've got the Rip City Drive on Rip City Radio. This is your home of the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, you had to be here to believe that! Rip
Rip City Radio. This is your afternoon commute distraction. The Rip City Drive with Travis Demers, only on Rip City Radio. 15 in front of the hour on a Friday. Blazers, Grizzlies tonight at the Moda Center. That's where we go right now. Bring on our good friend Chad Doing. He'll have a warm-up at the top of the hour. Chad, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Big Daddy? How what's are cracking, Trav? Did you Very uh, well. I was gripping out there because the traffic, as you might expect on a Friday. I know this is shocking in Portland, what? Oregon. A complete disaster, but I'm here, and I'm pumped ready for a uh, what should be an entertaining game tonight with the Blazers and Grizzlies, bro. No, I'm heading up that way on I-5. You were coming from the north, correct? That is correct. All right, so I'm going to have Yikers. to deal with it coming from the south. That's Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, have fun. Pretty much. I'll see you around halftime. We'll leave here in about 20 minutes. <laughs> so I was talking a few minutes ago about uh, waking up my fiance uh, last night at like 1 o'clock because she heard this. I was watching The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yes. I'm sure you've had experiences like that with significant others where you're watching something and you're like, will you turn that off, please? Yes, I've had experiences like that before. And, hey, look, the bottom line is is that sometimes we need to listen to this, we need to listen to that. It is what it is, man. Yeah, I mean, exactly. what's the problem? Yeah. Sometimes I want smooth jazz in the middle of the night. Sometimes I want a movie. Like last night, I, I was having problems falling asleep, so I turned on a Star Wars movie and it helped me, uh, you know, crash out. There you go. See, you, you got you to do what you got to do uh, to get through the night, right? Yes, whatever it takes. All whatever right. it takes. Now, so what I don't is, see what the big problem is, but why was the good, the bad, and the ugly playing? Were you watching that movie? Yeah. Yeah, I was okay. watching it on TV. It was on, like, Well, that's AMC a darn good movie. Exactly. I, can, I couldn't turn <laughs> it off. You can stay the night with me if you promise we can watch the good, the bad, and the ugly. Can we snuggle, too? Yes. Uh, whatever it takes, man. I'm here. All right, I'm a Chad. team player. My body is a sacrifice for good radio. There you go. All right, tonight, Blazers, Grizzlies, they're coming off of a couple of wins, uh, but yes. I need to see more. I need to see a third straight win tonight. We got Marcus All coming off of 42 points. Last time these two teams played, Mike Conley didn't play. What do you see? I think it's going to be a very, very good contest tonight. The big key for the Blazers in that last game that they lost by two points, 88-86, they were in control of the game throughout on the road, and then they fell apart with a horrendous fourth quarter where they were outscored 27-17. to 17. It's pretty simple. Look, the Grizzlies are more than just Gasol, but he cannot go off like he did last time with 36 points and nine rebounds. You want to limit the damage he can do, and I would expect we've got two different angles here for the Grizzlies, Mike Conley Jr. for the Blazers, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Three guys who probably feel like they should be on the all-star team. So I think those guys will want to go out and send a message tonight. But I think for the Grizzlies, they're playing a little bit of a different tempo this year. But they're still a team that likes to slow it down. And they like to get into the half-court game. So for the Blazers, get out, move the basketball, play at a higher pace. Try to force the Grizzlies into playing at a tempo that they're not comfortable with. And if you can do that, I think that will be fine. But if the Grizzlies are able to slow it down, get into a half-court game where Gasol becomes... A, 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 a more intimidating factor because he's so good down low, and now he can step back and hit the threes. He's already made 64 so far this year. If it becomes a slowdown type game, then they're going to be in a position to win, and the Grizzlies are one of the very best in the league in close games. So play at a faster pace, force them to be uncomfortable, and I think the Blazers got a good chance. Yeah, you, you mentioned the Grizzlies' tempo is a little bit different. Seven of their last eight wins, they've scored over 100 points to get those victories, but you look at it from the, the, the offensive end of the Blazers. We know that Memphis can play good defense. We know they can slow down their tempo. Who's going to be the guy that can step up if Damian and CJ need a third guy, which they always do? That will probably be Evan Turner. And I really, and I've said this before, but 
I, I, I'm really starting to like this new starting lineup. I, I think with the Blazers, Evan Turner is one of those guys who can take pressure off of Dame and CJ. He can be a bit of a facilitator in the offense. His shooting percentage has not been great, but I look for him tonight to really have a chance to make an impact on the offensive end, especially off the bounce. He's a good creator, not a great three-point shooter, but that's okay off the bounce. He can create for himself. So I think Evan Turner tonight will be that guy to be that that third-type scorer because they certainly need that. If it's not him, then maybe you look to the bench. Maybe Myers Leonard can be that guy from the three-point line, but I really look for Evan Turner to make an impact tonight. Chad, I was talking about the All-Star game earlier. We talked to Kevin Calabro about it, and obviously we talked about it yesterday. KC said uh, the game is more for scores than it is for big men. Yes. And obviously with the, the West this year, you've got four guards. The rest are all front court players. But I brought up this scenario to Bobby and tell me what you think. The, kind of going off what the NHL is doing. They're having uh, all-star teams for each division with three-on-three. Three. How about the idea of having four all-star teams with a three-on-three three tournament? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see that. I don't I want a three-on-three three situation. I mean, it would be kind of cool to add a different element, and I'm, I'm one of those guys who I'm all about trying to find a way to spice up the All-Star weekend because I've had enough of the dunk competition because I started out watching Dominique and MJ and Dr. J and those guys. So if you wanted to spice it up and maybe add something to All-Star Saturday, I would be okay with that. But in terms of the game itself, I'm a purist when it comes to wanting to see the All-Star game, even though – even the game itself has become a bit of a joke because the guys don't even defend it all. At least back in the day, guys would play loose for three quarters and tighten it up in the fourth. I would like to, I would like to see the game go back to more of that. But no, I don't want the actual game replaced with a three-on-three tournament. Now, I just see 196-173 last year, and it's just... I mean, we don't want Spokane. This is not Spokane with some type of a hoop-it-up uh, tournament, man. We don't want that. You want to see the, the rock that. and jock with the 25-point hoop? Yes. That might be kind of fresh. <laughs> that, that would be kind of fun. So when we look at Damon and CJ not getting in, we talked about it yesterday, obviously, DeAndre Jordan getting in. Do you think that's just because Chris Paul wasn't there that you're getting somebody else from the Clippers in? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I think that's probably what it comes down to. And, you know, the Clippers are one of those teams that's one of the better teams in the Western Conference. They've had a very good first half. So they've got more than just one guy who is deserving. But I am excited that CJ McCollum is going to take part in a three-point competition. That gives somebody... That gives us here in Portland a reason to really tune into the All-Star Weekend. So I'm definitely going to watch that. I want to see C.J. shine with his shooting ability. I wish we had a Blazer in the game, but like we talked about yesterday, I'm okay with the selections that were made based on the Blazers' performance so far in the first half. Yeah, I like the fact that C.J.'s in. It gives you some representation. You have to have some representation in the All-Star game to make the fans happy, and, and he can compete as well as anybody in that event. Yeah, well, you're a baseball guy. Do you like every team having to be represented in the All-Star game? Uh, yes, but you have much, much, much bigger rosters. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I think the Blazers, like I said yesterday, I just hope that CJ and Dame can take note and realize that six of the seven reserves were on winning teams. And more importantly, I think it sends the unwritten message or unspoken word that, you know what, if you want to be an elite player in the NBA, you have to be able to do it on both ends. And I, I hope that they will look at that and take it as a challenge to go out and improve on the defensive end. And, and when you're young and you've got the skill and the talent that they do, and more importantly, two guys that really want to be considered greats, if you want to be great, you've got to be able to do it on both ends. And, and like the guys we grew up watching, whether it be Larry Bird or Magic or MJ, they would always take a challenge 
and add something to their game during the offseason and come back with something else in their repertoire. And I think that now can be Damon CJ yeah. doing whatever they can to improve on the defensive end. Chad, quickly, we got about 30 seconds. What's coming up tonight? Absolute greatness with me. Awesome. I thought, that's even better. I thought you were going to go I was giving you a quick that. tease. I was giving you a quick tease because we're short on time. Perfect. Uh, mainly, I am going to challenge Dame and CJ, and I'm going to break that down here in about 10 minutes. Love it, Chad. Thanks so much, man. I'll see you tonight at the Moda Center. All right. Sounds good, bro. All right. Great stuff from Chad there. It is time for the Degenerate Dime of the Day. Bad beats, close calls. 50 bucks more says easy. You're all the thrill of the chase doesn't make you a degenerate. It just means you like the action. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir. Travis Demers gives you his daily pick of the day right now in Demers' Degenerate Dime of the Day. All right, Daniel is the winner. He's going to go see the Hornets on Tuesday, and he's going to participate and play along with the Degenerate Dime of the Day next week. So, Congratulations to you, Daniel. Thanks to Chad. I helped, he helped me pick out the Nuggets last night, minus six over Phoenix. They won by seven, so two and two this week, nine and four in the month of January so far. Where I'm going tonight, I'm going to Atlanta, where the Wizards are a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road against the Hawks. I'm taking the road dogs. I like the Wizards plus the three-and-a-half tonight. I think they win the game outright in uh, Atlanta. John Wall says they've got the best backcourt in the league. I think Dame and CJ would have something to say about that, but they are pretty good, so I'll take the Wizards on the road. All right, coming up tonight, we got coverage starting in about five minutes from now as the Blazers host the Memphis Grizzlies. We got Notre Dame-UNC basketball on Saturday, Blazers and the Warriors on Sunday, and over on KEX, ducks Beeves women's basketball uh, in the Civil War on Sunday. The men will play on Saturday night, men's basketball, taking on uh, Utah. We will see you Monday at 3 o'clock. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Blazers. You've got the Rip City Drive on Rip City Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.